The Runner's Diary podcast with Brian and Damien. Welcome to Runner's Diary episode 68. I'm Damien. And I'm Brian. On this week's show, we'll have all of the latest news, all of last week's results, featured fixtures. And this week, we are joined by John Kinsella. That's all to come on this week's episode of the Runner's Diary podcast. Right. That took one take, may I just say. <laughs> all right. It's all Rory's fault. Um, I would like to welcome back the co-host, Brian. Brian, welcome back to episode 68. Did you enjoy your week off? Oh, enjoy. I've Actually, funny, I was reading a lot of people's posts over the week in all these various chats, and I was seeing this a lot. I think from Wednesday on, I've never ate so much rubbish in my life. Between Halloween and all the treats arriving into the house, um, I've just been stuffing my face. Sugar overload, takeaways couple of mad days of that mm. and um then unfortunately i've started to develop that very serious illness of man flu um so i must have got a bit of a wetting after the race last <laughs> not all the pints i drank i promise yeah but um, definitely not yeah no i haven't i haven't ran yet but we'll get back we'll get it. back brian so, no we are joined by the rory o'hagan lookalike <laughs> um you know just a young i think actually a younger looking rory o'hagan should we, should we say yeah. Martin or Larry or Mr. Blog, welcome to the show as a new co-host today. How are you? How are we doing, guys? Thanks very much. I, I, I should say I'm probably a slightly less better looking than Rory O'Hagan. That's what I've been described as. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have to, now, is it? Is it he we'd have to have a, we'd have to have a competition yeah, he, with this he told, one, he told me to say that. He actually came. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, uh, Martin, we, I kind of was talking to you and I, we, we said we'd love to have you on because... As people will know, Martin has done a blog for us on his build up to the Cork Martin and his build up to the Dublin Martin. Um, and we're kind of going to finish this out, his blogs out today. So we're going to have a chat with Martin, you know, about his Dublin experience and everything like that in a bit of time. We're going to go through a bit of news and all that first, and then we're going to cover a bit of it. But look, um, briefly, Martin, did you enjoy your Dublin Martin experience? It, look, it was it was incredible. Um when yourself and Brian were talking last week and there was a few voice notes there like the the, the atmosphere was incredible I think it was the, the best atmosphere I've ever ran in um I know condi- conditions were tough enough um when we were kind of finishing the rain was coming in fairly heavily for the last couple of miles but like it didn't spoil it at all it was just mm-hmm. it was an amazing atmosphere um mm-hmm. signed up again for next year now, so there must be something oh, good about it that's you know? it exactly so. exactly Look, we'll come back to Martin in a minute, but what we're going to do is we'll carry on with our usual section at the start. Yeah, and anyone tuning in to listen this week, our guest, as we said at the start, is John Kinsa. That's coming up on the second half of the podcast. Now, before we go that far, if anyone knows a great sponsor who can get broadband to John Kinsella, uh, we've had problems with his song before, and there's a few glitches this week again, but look, very, very limited this week, so we're happy, but... John even says it himself in the interview, his broadband isn't the best. So JP McManus or anybody out there, Limerick Direction, get fibre broadband to John Kinsella quickly. He needs yeah, it. Badly needed, badly needed. But all right, we'll start off. We had a competition last week, which was again another very big success, which was for the Glenville four mile race on the 26th of November, a race that I pulled you in. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> get it in again. Yeah. We got it. Um, Martin, have you done this race? I have never. I have never done it. And unfortunately, I'm working this for, for the day it's on as well. So I won't get a chance to do it. Um, yeah. But I heard great stories about it, right? So, um, and then, as I said, they spread 
down there are supposed to be legendary. So yeah, and um, look, I'll go through you to after the course interest. afterwards off air. There, I'll go through it all and I'll tell you how Sounds you know good. how I raced it and stuff like that. There's no issues. There's no problems. Um, we have our winners, which is John Santry and Mary Casey. So well done to John and Mary who have won the two entries for the Glenville Four Mile Race and. Those who've done that will know as well. If you get that lovely keep cup, which I tell you lads is worth the entry alone. It's it's brilliant. So make sure you can still still time to sign up. So sign up now for it. Brian, you yep, mentioned this last it. week. You mentioned this yeah. competition, our next competition last week, which I forgot to mention in our featured fixtures, which was totally which, my fault. I had a bad week. So I'm gonna let were, you take this yeah. one because this is a big race. To be fair, you were all over the place last week now, yeah. as the outtakes proved afterwards. But uh, yeah, we're back. We'll set steady the ship now again. Yeah, this is a huge race. Um, I've even heard, you know, many people from around the country talking about this. They attract a lot of runners from many counties, not just locally. So the Duhalo 5K takes place in Newmarket on the 3rd of December. Um, it's noted as one of the fastest uh, 5K courses around, I suppose, nationwide. So a lot of people aim it. It's a great way to finish the year with a possible PB in the bag as well for all levels. So again, if you'd like a chance to win two entries uh, to the Duhalo 5K that takes place in Newmarket on December the 3rd, same as each week, just enter uh, your running buddy into the competition when we when we post the competition and uh, hopefully you'll be lucky to win it. It would be a great one to finish out the year. And again, thanks to everybody from Duhalo AC uh, for sharing that with us as well and giving us two free entries so top class race it's really good race course, yeah. a fast fast course martin no it's another one i haven't Jesus. done but this uh, this is one now that i think i might um i might take a, a day's holidays and head down there because i've heard great reports and oh, I know it's a brilliant race done it a yeah. couple of times brilliant race yeah as and i say I, like a lot of people travel for us because i even listened to emmett dunleavy during the week there again talking with dave gillick and things like that you know and on their little piece there and they were talking about races that people should target now after coming off the marathon and this actually was mentioned you know so you know people from all over the country as i say would be attracted to this one you know and i think they have category prizes at all categories as well in fairness right. you know it's a good good uh, so martin take your, take your days holidays <laughs> will do pb in the bank i can tell you that much straight away off after coming off the marathon and into this it's a banker for you so it sounds uh, good. We, we'll expect to hear good. your name on the on the podium there for that one, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, so no pressure. No, none at all. So people might have seen there as well. We put out a post um on Saturday. We have our hats available there. We are running low. So we had a three black and three burgundy left. And um, Martin, of course, is one of our models who has modeled it around the around the world at the moment. So you know, you see how well they look. Actually, so, I I have a little, there's an update on that actually, if I know you, I didn't discuss this beforehand, but um, do you know the Holly Bow magazine that comes yeah. out at Christmas? Yeah, it's just so, came out this week, yeah. Um, my friend and myself and Derek Costello and our two wives, Lorna Magella, we were away on a cruise last year and I did a bit of modeling the hat and abroad, but um, we brought the Holly Bow with us and took a picture of the Holly Bow and I can confirm that we're on this Christmas's Holly Bow and oh, I'm wearing the Runner's Diary podcast. Ah, oh, it there doesn't get much bigger than that. That is it. Doesn't, bigger it doesn't. That. No. That is the so, uh, that is two, the mecca. And I will. Uh, that is actually top You've got to get our hands on that now. Yeah. Two cork institutions off. together: the Runner's Diary and the Holly Bowl. <laughs> that's actually brilliant. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I'm not worrying by that. So definitely, yeah. that's that's sales, my, that's the sales in the Holly Bowl. The sales <laughs> in the Holly Bowl. Through the rocketing. Yeah. 
Everybody else from around the country knows wondering what the heck are they on about. What's the Hollywood? No, it's only down to <laughs> one black hat. Yeah. It's down to one black hat now left and two burgundy left is what we've left. So if anybody does want one, you know, get on to us quickly and we will. I'll check tomorrow because we post more ourselves. I don't know how much postage is, so I'll check on Monday and I'll let people know what is the story with the postage on that side as well. But and buy the hats fair, and the Hollybow. To be fair, the hat also made an appearance this week in Paris uh, at the Eiffel yeah. Tower. Uh, good Ken is in there showing us. So it's, it's definitely getting around. We still have to do that world map, I think, and get the, the hot spots on where the hat has appeared. Yeah. I think we have to get Johnny on that. Johnny, get that on the, on the website and sort that out. Now, Dublin Martin. All right. We have a couple of Dublin Martins news. All right. So we'll cover the first one, which is a big one from today, lads, which is the change of route that Potent- Dublin City Council wants them to take yeah. for next year. Now, I obviously wasn't there. The issues, I think they were saying was something with public transport. There was issues with it. I think it's absolutely a disgrace that... The city cannot facilitate one race a year for people to go out and be healthy. Yeah, I think what I was a bit like, obviously, I think there was pressure on to do it this year. And it sounds like Jim Ockney stepped in in fairness and involved the sports minister, I think, to kind of fight the cause. And it didn't happen this year, obviously. But look, they must be under massive pressure for next year. And they want to take it outside the city as a starting and finishing point. I read a bit about it again and again, Jim Ockney put up the fight that all major marathons across the world you know, finishing a city and I just, what I'm baffled about though is like they're talking about transport and the, the disruption. How much does Dublin Marathon bring to the city in terms of spend, you know, like, I mean, even for all of us here now talking, like, you know, it's going up there, accommodation for a night or two, what we spent around the city. Like, I, I, he, he even said himself, he's worried that they're kind of playing a dangerous game here that it could turn people off, you know, so mm. interesting how yeah. it will unfold. Like, I, I've read somewhere about it that it brings in about 20 million plus to the mm-hmm. local economy in Dublin and something, I think I saw a figure about 9 million for charity. So you think that alone should be, you know, the, the value of that for the local economy and the local businesses, hotels, etc. 100%. Mart, like you think of it, like today, which will come to soon enough, New York Mart was on today and New York closes, yeah. they go through five boroughs in New York, mm-hmm. all right? And if New York City can do it for one day a year, Dublin City can actually surely do it as well. And like, I'm sorry, no, it would be absolutely ludicrous if they, no, they change a route. Yeah, they might do something nice. It might be something worthwhile. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they can't do something like I read somewhere was it four loops of Phoenix Park or five loops of Phoenix Park or something stupid like that. Like if it's, if it's anything yeah. like that, that's going to just mm. drop the numbers down. Massive, I think they massive, need to be, massive. yeah, they need to be very careful because look, we, we said it ourselves, the route is slightly challenging, but disguised, obviously, by the great support. But like if the route yeah. becomes more challenging, I think, you know, people will question it. Mm. Um, like you said there, New York, France, Paris, 50,000 people run in Paris. You know, uh, Dublin is like last week was a 16,000 end up 16, running. But yeah. if, a, if a major city like Paris, which you can imagine, the, the, you know, the, the, the movement of people around there anyway as a big tourist city, if they can host 50,000 people, and as long as it takes to get that 50,000 people over the line, there must be a way, you know? Yeah. There must be a way. So we'll we keep an eye out for that. Just another Dublin uh, Martin news. We mentioned last week, well, Lindy mentioned last week, that Keith Russell from Navin um, did 75 loops of the Big Dog Yard Ultra, which, you know, for people who heard how mad that is. Then it turns out that he rocked up to Dublin 
and he did something that Brian couldn't do, which was break to some tree. <laughs> full of praise me last week, and I was back to normal. Huh? Lovely. We yeah. can, we can let it go for more than one day. It would be nice. Jesus, we can't be having that. But mad stuff from Keith Russell. And actually, he's someone who's on our radar for um, to have a chat with as well um, in the future. So, Keith, if you are listening, we will be on to you very shortly because um fascinating story with Keith as well. So, well done to him on that. Now, we come to New York. So, New York Martin was today. Lads, any of you see it? Very little of it, I'll be honest. Yeah. So, women's race was fantastic race, came down to a sprint finish. But there was a course record in the men's race in um, from Tamaritola in 2.04.58, who I think nearly took about a minute and a half out of the course record, which is phenomenal running. Um, as People who have done this course will know this is not an easy and not a very fast course. Lots yeah. of bridges, lots of, unlike Dublin, there's lots of areas where there's no support in this because you're crossing bridges and you're crossing, you know, so there's big areas where there's no support. Second place was Albert um, Kerr in 2.06.57. And in third place was Shire Katea in 2.07.11. So just put into perspective, lads, 4.46 a mile is what Tola was running for the 2.04.58. Like, Mad insane. stuff, isn't it? Absolutely, Absolutely mad. Insane. The women's race, which, as I said, was a brilliant race. Um, Helen O'Berry, an absolute legend of a runner, um, for, ran in 2.27.23. Very closely find behind by Letzabarb Giddy in 2.27.29, so only five seconds of a gap. And then Sharon Lucky in a time of 2.27.33. And it comes back to like four places, 227.45, fifth place, 227.53. So like the top five was down to a sprint finish for the whole lot of it. So some unbelievable running. Um, so a great race. But I think the big news from New York was the day before it, where I, we were speaking about it, the lads off air, um, where people would have seen the 5K, which was being held. Martin, you saw this as well, did you? Yeah, I uh, saw the video. But it got, got sent down a few times to me, like the... Um, Basically, they just nearly got wiped out by a bus um, yeah. at, at a junction, and thankfully, no one was hurt. Um, it was it was just very very strange because there seemed to be a couple of lead bikes there, and um, I don't know the bus just kept on coming, and thankfully, no one was hurt. Oh, and they, just, they were haunted. That's this might go back to our early conversation about shutting down Dublin and the Lewis and all these things. So maybe just get the transfer going and take half the competitors out, and the city <laughs> city doesn't have to shut down. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was it was absolutely mad. Like, and the lads, the lads had to stop dead for a few seconds. No, they kept on going, and you would see them. They didn't see they flinched at it really, except for stopping. But gee, I said the organisers got a fright of their lives for it. I said, Jesus! I said it was. It's a funny business. though. Like it's funny when you when you relate it to like even our own five k here rurally, and a lot of rural races are even in wherever, and you have a small race with a couple of hundred people, and the roads are shut down for it, and the guards when the guards come along, you know. And then you have this in the big, big, big city marathon and there's traffic yeah. blowing through with it as like, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mad stuff altogether. But look, just another crazy scene in New York. They're used to these scenes anyway, I'd say, so there's no hassles there. Um, nearly there now with the, with the news. So we also had um, the 50K World Championships was on today, which Ireland had one representative, which was Katrina Jennings, who ran a very impressive 329.25 for a 12th place finish overall. The winning times, 
in the men's was 248 by Chadwick Langer Lastigay from the Spain. I butchered that, lads. Beep that one out. And uh, Carla Meloria from Great Britain was in 31823. Any 50Ks in your future, lads? Just thinking the same thing, actually, yeah. Like how how that's incredible running, isn't it? Two forty eight for two fifty k. It's scary. I don't know how they can do it. I have to say, I don't have any massive ambitions to do ultras, but I probably do have ambitions to do some big challenges that may involve distances, but not particularly race and ultra or anything like that. You know, I'd love to have a lash off at fifty k at some stage. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's, it's and I know you use the term. It's only eight k more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and sometimes yeah. you would, but. 8K is a long fucking way. Like 50K yeah. sounds a nicer number than whatever, 42 points, whatever it is. 42.2. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, by the way, we got a question in, Brian, just as an actually, you just thought of it there. We did get a question in. Martin, and I'll ask your point of view. And myself and Brian have given our answer on this, but I think you'll well, have the same answer. We should jump in here, though. We both gave our answer at the same time to the person yeah. who asked the question, but we gave it separately. Okay. We didn't even know. <laughs> so, Barry gave it the same, same yeah. answer. Barry O'Donnell gave us a message and he wanted to know. So he ran Dublin Marathon yeah. and he ran it in, he was hoping for sub 3.30, so he ran 3.13.50, 3.30.15. And that's his official finishing time. But his Strava gave him, um, I think it was a something 3.28 or something like that. And he was wondering which one he classes as his PB. Ooh. Oh. So go on, Martin. Which one does he class as his PB? Uh, I would have always said chip time, but uh, Strava doesn't lie as far as I'm concerned. Martin, Strava lies. Strava lies a lot. <laughs> it's chip timing no matter what. So it is, he's unfortunately, we both said it, myself and Brian actually, it was, we were laughing. Uh, his PB is 330, what is it, 330.12 or something like that, um, 330.15. And unfortunately, that's it. No, we did both exactly say the, say the same things. The next day he runs a marathon, he's absolutely going to smash it because he's going yeah, to know. Do you know? Yeah. So like, Secret is you've got, no yeah. you got to measure the miles off the road. No yeah. matter, yeah. Even whether it be Strava or your watch or whatever, it's the miles on the road account. And to make Barry even faster, he is one of the people who he was let us know who ordered our new singlet. So I'm expecting nearly a sub tree with that new singlet after um, in his next marathon. So... Again, I have to thanks. say, as well, I have to jump in. I was very proud of my, which which doesn't probably speak well for me, but my mileage on the day was 26.29, which is unbelievable Whoa. straight yeah. line. Yeah, Scullion yeah. was the same. Scullion was the exact same, I think. Yeah. Did yeah. you take his line? I um, followed him. Yeah, I was just behind yeah. him. <laughs> I think I was 26.5 or 26.4. Most, people, most people would end yeah. up about 26.4. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be good yeah. going, like, you know. Right, two things, two more, and then we're going to move on to Martin. Um, so two in. So Garfield, who had sent us in in Dublin Martin, a question to Emmett, which was the question was, will I finish the Martin? And Emmett, in fairness to him, the day after the Martin sent us, said it would seem that um Garfield did indeed finish the Martin in a time of four or three fifty-two. So Emmett's answer on that evening was he will finish it. So Emmett was correct. So well done to Garrett on finishing the Dublin Marathon. Um, and thank you again for your question. Well and mm-hmm. Yeah. And lastly, we got a message yeah. from Carrie Navarre. 
um, to congratulate Joseph Daly, who won silver in the Novice B today um, in uh, Connor. As he's an athlete who's returned back from a, a layoff and everybody in the club is extremely proud of him and the dedication he has put in to make this return. So, you know, well done to Joseph Daly. Superb result. And anytime you win a medal for your club, it's an extremely, extremely proud day. And he now can never run Novice B again. <laughs> there you go. Fair play. So with that, before we go on to our results sections, Martin, we're going to have a yeah. chat with you. We, we we start off, I think, in this one. What we'll do is just before our featured fixture sections, we're going to concentrate a little bit on your Dublin. First, yeah. we're going to talk about your blog. So, yeah. OK, so you you took this upon yourself. Right? In fairness to you, you know, you thought you wanted to do it. Why did you decide to do it? Um, I suppose from the start it was kind of selfish reason. Selfish probably in the right, in the right word. I just I I struggled before kind of being accountable for my own running and for my own uh, training. So you know when you were looking for for leaders there for the Cork Marathon, I said, look, this would be a good thing to get involved in. And the blog kind of came out of that. That um, and you know if I'm writing a re- weekly running blog, and I'm not running, then it's not going to be a very exciting blog, really, is it? So um. Just kind of kept me accountable every week, and I actually enjoyed it. And as Lorna says here at home, what I button down on the on the blog is just the usual stuff that I'm talking to her mm. when I come home. When I'm just when you're all excited about the run, and you saw this and you saw that, and I did this time, and she has no interest in it. But just so happens that when you write it down and put it out on a on a runner's diary podcast or website, people are a little bit interested in it. So, and I remember, and correct me if I am wrong, in your to Cork Marathon one you had I think was it your brother-in-law who gave you a help with it or something like that was it yeah my, so my brother-in-law does he's doing a Stephen he's doing a, my youngest brother he's doing a course um online out of IT Sligo or Atlantic University whatever it's called now uh, on creative writing so usually what happens is that um I send it to Lorna first to proofread it my spelling would not be the best or my grammar would not be the best um hope my English teacher former English teacher isn't listening or anything but um so she proofreads it and then I send it off to Stephen and he'd send it back and just here we go back and forth and say maybe try this, maybe try that and taking things out and taking things in. So um, it's an enjoyable process to be honest with you, just, mm. you know, going through everything and laying it out and um, it's probably got a little, I think it's got a little bit better. I was reading through the first ones um, just before, before it came on. And I was like, Jesus, some of them are brutal, but I think they, ah, they no, got no, a little bit better. I think, I, yeah. I think everyone just loves, it's, you don't take yourself obviously serious in, do you know no, what I mean? And it's just, it's very relaxing. Um, so, where was I going to say? I'm after losing my train of thought. Mark, Brian, jump in there. <laughs> I was just thinking there, actually, though, like on your journey, like was there moments that stood out in particular between the, the training to the marathon and, and obviously the day um, itself, but what were the big stand-up moments you know you have a great click obviously as a group that you run with as well as a, yeah as a big, like there's, there's a there's a good gang there like um i kind of fell in with with siobhan holland and martin lynch um and it's, it's a rake of them from mary sweeney's involved marissa's involved dennis brown graham is always out with us there's a really really good group there um i shouldn't be naming names really because i'm to forget probably forget people but there's ian o'brien is another one um and like usually go around balancolic for our long runs around the marina they've come down to carrigaline here to me one or once as well and we have a, a big gang out there and it's just it's very relaxed it's very chilled out there's kind of no pressure on anybody look if you want to do you know we might, they might say look we'll do 18 miles at a certain pace if you fall off the pace it's no big deal if you want people are going a bit quicker they're allowed off 
and it's just a chat when you're going around and a cup of coffee and a bit of cake afterwards in the either in the marina or wherever you're going afterwards um and they're just they're a very very good bunch of people um yeah. very easy to, to run with and to talk to so it's it, you know i think it's key though I, I think like again people i'm sure will look back on last week and even um, you know recent marathons over the last couple of weeks in particular a lot of marathons obviously but like you start to analyze you know what could have done better where for me unfortunately like and no violin to be played here but I didn't have a training group this time. It kind of yeah. people jumped in every now and again, but ultimately I did a lot of running on my own, a lot of the hard sessions, the longer sessions, the speed set. It's a massive factor. If you can get a group, it becomes enjoyable. You don't mind getting up on that Saturday or Sunday morning early to get out there. And it's like for again for people looking for that extra one percent now, maybe and may have enjoyed last Sunday or you know setting the bar a bit higher again. That's one one big thing to to take if if you haven't yeah. it done already, you know. Yeah, like and I think you like you. You look forward to the run, like when you're when you're there with a bunch. Um, you know, you're chatting away. To, you know, you might be chatting to someone for the first three or four miles. You'll mm-hmm. fall back. You'll talk to someone else for the next couple of miles, and all of a sudden, you might have ten miles under your belt and you don't even yeah. know it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're on your own, that can be a struggle. And a, three on a miles Sunday in, time. you're you're listening to yourself, telling yourself to stop. And yeah, go home. absolutely. And, and and listening to yourself as in that idea, what I was thinking of earlier is when you're running, are you thinking of ideas for the blog now? Um, when I'm on my own, I can am like I just there's you know there might something might pop into my head or something I'd see something and say oh yeah I might write about that or you know I can relate it into something like that it's gas running down by the water here in Cargill you always see some sort of action you always see you know wildlife or whatever um I think in the earlier blogs there was a heron that would kind of oh, came yeah. in once or twice and different ones and they're they're always there like so it's kind of funny like you know what I mean that yeah. um you spot these little things and it's just something will pop into your head or somebody will say something and you'll think oh yeah that might work or you'll try and angle in some way so there's yeah. always something you're always thinking even you know when we write down a few notes in my head and you know in the middle of the day and work and i'll think of something i'll write it down and come back to it a couple of days later so yeah no mm-hmm. look and myself and brian has always said look we we used to love getting them we, you know as in they were they were a staple there for, for the cork and for dublin you know and you know People were, as you said, you'd be texting us, texting us one day. We'd be a few days getting a load. You're like, you put up people are asking me about. It. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, it, it got a lovely response. Like uh, the response was lovely from it. So and um, you know, as I said, I don't, I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah. I am, um, I, I think I take running seriously. Um, but you know, if it helped anybody on the way, like you know, I think one of the big things is that um, I met my cousin even before Cork, and he's he admitted himself that he's not a runner, and he said he never will be a runner. But he said he felt like that he was running the marathon with me after you know on the journey of it. Like so, yeah. you know, if 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 it you know if it makes a bit of an impact for anybody, then then that's a great thing. And, think, and of course, you would encourage people to you know to do more blogs for the Runners Diary podcast because it made absolutely. you a better runner, isn't it? Absolutely, that what you said? absolutely. Right, right. Everyone should write blogs for the Runners Diary. Yeah. Inundate the website because inundate it, lads. We want it all. We want loads of in, we want loads of this. But look, again, we really appreciate it, Mart, and, you know, we were delighted, as you said, people did feel like they were part of your journey for it, and I think, you know, everyone then was looking out for the results, and it just gives everyone that little bit more of interest, Um, and we look forward to your next one after your next adventure, whenever you <laughs> do decide what your next marathon is going to be. Do you have that in your mind yet, or? As I said, Dublin is is 
is in the books uh, for next year. The hotel is booked as well, but with the route change, you might have to ch- book, rebook the hotel. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll see about that. Um, I, I, you know, I did Cork in, and Dublin last year. I'm not sure. In the short term, like is, is there anything in the short term, maybe? Um, it's, I, I know the beat the train is on down in uh, Kilmeaton yeah. so, uh, the week after next, I think. So I might try and get down to do that. Um, mm-hmm. is, the, is is one plan. Um, it's a bit awkward. I kind of I, I work shift work and I kind of work week four days on, four days off. So I tend to work weekends a bit. So um, it's about trying to take holidays and stuff like that. So that that'd be one if I can get a few days off, a day off for it. I'll, um, I'd love to do it. It's for a good cause as well. So um, mm-hmm. be a nice one to get yeah. down to. Mar- Marathon wise next year, maybe maybe looking at one abroad, maybe in April or May. I'll I'll, I'll see. Yeah. I think everybody everybody. I think everybody this week that I know for, or, or, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a natural thing to do. What could I do? Yeah. Certain, yeah. certain ones are booked out already. Everybody looking at February and March type, type of yeah. time frame, you know. Right, lads. Yeah. I think what we'll do is we come back to Martin again in a bit while we move mm-hmm. on to the results section. The results section, of course, is sponsored by Wellbeing Coffee in Glanmire and Neptune. So make sure you give them a shout and let them know that the Runner's Diary sent you. Um, so thank you to, to all the team there for supporting the show. Mm-hmm. We start off on the 4th of November for the Paul uh, Brummick Memorial Run, which was an ultra full marathon, half marathon, 10k, 5k in Waterford. Uh, a very, very important race, Brian. Yeah, I, I kind of read a bit about this. Um, in fairness, Paul seemed to be a very well liked member, I think, of West Waterford ASC. And this was a nice way, of course, keeping his his memory alive, I think. And I think the Greenway was a big part of his plans in terms of developing racing as well. So I think a lot of people made it. As you said, there's quite a lot of distances there and um, people travel from all over. So I think uh, the Maritime Club Ireland were involved as well there um, in that as well. So a lot of races. We're just going to call out the first on this because there's so many races to get through. So in the 10K, Kyle Walsh was the winner there in a the time of 37.14 in the men's event. In the female event, we have a Joe Goff, a winner in 41.20, 5K. The winner there was Sean, sorry, Senan O'Reilly in a time of 17.24. And in the ladies event, Sharon Cantwell in a time of 20.05. The third race, half marathon, that was won by Mallow AC's Donna Barrow in a time of 1.25.28. And in the ladies event, Clara Ryan, 128.32. And finally, in the actually not yeah, finally, not finally even, actually no. no, not finally, Martin John Cronin in a time of two fifty eight twenty eight. So well done, John there. And in the ladies' event, Anita Barry in a time of four eighteen oh six. And finally, in the ultra, Alex O'Shea, previous guest with us, was the winner there in a time of three thirty eight eleven. And in the ladies' event, and Jennings, who I think was a previous guest of us as well. Um, was not the pre- recent pace or there? I think that we had on mm. in a time of four thirty forty six. So again, I think that day was a bit more than just um about winning. I think it was, as I said, a very poignant race, as you said. There, interestingly, I see a name there in third place in the ladies' event, Mylan Renock. So maybe a relation there by the sounds of it. So again, yeah. well done to everybody involved in that. It's, it's it was a nice touch there. So. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, well done. Um, we then moved to Galway, which was on Sunday the 5th of November for the Coffin Loop 10-mile race. And lo and behold, the winner of the race was a voice you're going to hear shortly, 
John Kinsler um, from Bilbo AC slash Limerick Running in a time of 54.50. So well done to John there. Um, James Elgar from Galway City Harriers went second, 55.37. And James Doran in a time of 55.45 from Unreoked AC was in third place. In the ladies, very familiar name as well. Dee Collins from Ennis Track Club. Um, Dee has been on the, the show before. Um, we had an interview with her before in a time of 101.23. A very convincing win by Dee there. And second place was Emer O'Connor from Sligo AC in 105.51. And Sinead Egan um, was in third place in 109.45. Rory, I was... <laughs> uh, you Martin, were doing, Martin, so, Martin, you were doing so well. <laughs> Martin, do you want to carry, uh, cover the AK? So in the AK, you'd first in the men was Greg London from South Galway AC at a time of 27.48. Second, you have Ed Maher at a time of 28.31. And in third, you had Francis May from Castlegar in a time of 28.44. And in the ladies, you've Claire Rowe from Galway City Harriers in a time of 32.57. Martina McIntyre was second in the time of 34.19. And Deirdre Moran Smith from Galway City Harriers as well and was third in a time of 35 minutes flat. Yeah, mm -hmm. well done. Um, Brian, there was a lot of cross country races this week. Yeah, we had a lot of cross-country races, Cork and Dublin in particular, some big events on there. Uh, so for the Cork events this week, again, another roving reporter, a previous host, and a co-host, he's still co part of the team, yeah. I suppose, he's still part of our oh, team. So I, I tell you this much, yeah. I got I got a picture sent to me today um, of, uh, can you guess who this is? And all of a sudden, all I see was the Runner's Diary podcast jumper down in Connor, and I was like, Jeez, I don't know who that is. He looks quite slim. It's definitely not Andy. Um, <laughs> and it turned out it was Andy. So, so not alone, yeah, not alone did he run. He's a roving reporter on site reporting back Correct. from all the events down there. So we have Andy in Cork Cross Country. We have Lindy Norton taking on Dublin Cross Country, Leinster Cross Country and other events in Leinster as well. So we're going to hand over to both now to catch up on all the events there. Sunday's Dublin Senior and Junior Cross Country Championships, which were returning to Santry for the first time since 2019, proved a great day for the resident club Clonard Harriers, who won both men's individual and team titles. In the senior men's nine kilometre race, Ephraim Gide not only made it back to back victory, but also helped his team to a fifth consecutive victory. On the first of five laps, Gide quickly broke away, making light of the muddy conditions to finish in a superb time, 28 minutes, 50 seconds. Over a minute behind for second was David Scanlon of Rathfarnham WASF, followed by Colm Rooney and Jamie Rossiter, both Clonif, who are third and fourth. Owen Pierce in eighth place ensured the team victory went to Clonif, ahead of Rathfarnham WSAF and Dundrum South Dublin. Just six teams finished the race. Following newly established international rules, women ran the same 9K distance as the men for the first time in the Dublin Championships, and it was Dublin City Harriers who dominated from the start, taking the top three places. Adele Monaghan was first in 34 minutes, 49 seconds, Faye Durbin second, and Cleena Murphy third. It meant that DCH with Sirica McAllister, the fourth counter in 11th place, 
easily won the team title with DSD second, Rohini Shamrock third and Clonaf Harriers fourth. Only four complete teams finished. A day earlier, a different DCH team had won the Leinster Senior Cross-Country title over a shorter distance. More on that in a minute. A clear winner of the junior women's race was Saive Mohan of Metro St. Bridget's. Adele McCreary of Rathvarnham WASF was second and Laura Noonan of Denora Harriers third. DSD, led by Saoirse O'Brien in fifth place, was first team ahead of Denora Harriers. Only two complete teams finished the race. Sean Cronin of Clonard Harriers won a more competitive junior men's race, beating his teammate Mahad Agal by five seconds. Louis Wodger of Metro St. Bridget's was third. Clonard, with four finishers in the top ten, 10, was the winning team. DSD was second and Rohini Shamrock third. A day earlier, on Saturday, Claire Fagan of Mullingar Harriers was a comfortable winner of the women's race at the Leinster Senior Cross Country Championships held in the Cow Park, Dumboyne, County Meath, just across the Dublin border. Fagan was followed across the line by Dublin City Harriers pair, Avril Deegan and Orla Duffy. And with Claire Rafter 12th and Sinead Cronin 17th, DCH took the team title with 34 points. For second place, Mullingar Harriers, led by Fagan, beat Sports World on countback, with both teams finishing on 88 points. Although it was taking place the day before the Dublin Championships, the women's race in particular was well supported by Dublin clubs, possibly because of the shorter distance. Fewer Dublin clubs competed in the men's 9K race, which was dominated by Mullingar Harriers, with Vinnie Connolly and Kevin Moore finishing first and second. Third was the 2022 Irish marathon champion Martin Hoare of Selbridge. Mullingar Harriers took the team title in style with just 19 points. Ratoth AC, led by an impressive Marcus Clark in fourth place, was second on 68 points, and Liffey Valley third with 83 points. What is puzzling? is why the Leinster and Dublin Senior Championships took place on the same weekend. Neither, it has to be said, was particularly well supported. The biggest cross-country race in Leinster remains the Dublin Masters, held in January every year. So, are there too many cross-country fixtures? Should Dublin clubs be excluded from the Leinster Championships? Or do we need a different format for cross-country racing, perhaps with fewer championships? For instance, is there any need at all for intermediate races? One alternative might be a winter league as they do up north. I don't know with what success it has to be said. Cross country, however, remains the purest and truest form of racing. Super shoes ain't gonna help you at all in slippery mucky conditions, such as we had in Santry yesterday. Surely it's worth taking a long, hard look at how it's organized. Hi lads, Andy Goulding here, your cross-country correspondent, reporting here from Connor today, where St. Catherine's held the Cork Juvenile B and Intermediate Cross-Country Championships. Tough conditions today, but it definitely didn't dampen people's spirits and there was some great running from everyone that was involved. Just to run through the results, in the Novice B men's, first home was Edmund Byrne from Toker AC in a time of 25.33. Second home was Joseph Daly from Carrick Navarre AC in a time of 25.41. And third home was Keen Kelly from St. Finbar's AC in a time of 26-22. St. Finbar's took the team prize uh, with Carrie Navarre coming second and Tolker AC in third. In the women's novice B, 
Aveen Lawton was first home from Doris AC in the time of 1828. Sarah Mulcahy in second place from St. Catherine's AC in the time of 1855, with Emer Delargy from Cork Track Club coming third in the time of 2027. In the team there, Toker AC took first prize with St. Finbars in second and St. Catherine's in third. In the intermediate, first home in a comprehensive win was Tony Forrestal from East Cork AC in the time of 31-43. Second home, someone that you might know, Andy Goulding from Leevale AC in the time of 34-12. And third home was Dave Barrett from Ballymore Cove. Um, and Grange from I took the team prize in that race. In the women's event, Naomi Luduk from Grange from I AC was first home in the time of 22.04. Emma Landers from Yall AC was second in 23.08. And Nadine Ford from Leevale AC was third in 23.30. Leevale took the team prize there with St. Finbars in second. Um, a great event held by St. Catherine's, really enjoyable day out. And back to you in the studio, lads. Okay, so thanks to Lindy again. And Lindy actually is going to be a guest with us, uh, almost confirmed for next week now, but we'll just uh, we'll confirm that during the week. But Lindy's going to be on next week and great timing as well. We'll find out more about that next week. But uh, And of course, thanks to Andy there. Um, great report from Andy, live on site. Yeah, just a quick couple of ones to just to cover out there as well, which I think briefly is brilliant to see past guest Martin Hoare on the podium in the Leinster Senior Cross Country. Um, you know, closely behind um the the winners in that. So great to see that. And Effin Gideon put in an unbelievable performance in the Dublin senior cross country race. By the way, too, how strange is it that the Leinster senior cross country and the Dublin senior cross country is on the same day? Yeah, just looking at that as well. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, and really one, strange. One in, in Mead and one in Dublin, yeah. Yeah, yeah really strange. strange, really strange Good. one. Good day out for Mullingar Harriers, but it looks good. A good day out for your yeah. club, Ryan. In Cork. A good day out for our club, considering, let's just say, it wasn't the full squad out there. So we would have been missing, obviously, a couple of runners who ran in the marathon last week. And there's one or two strong runners out injured at the moment. So well done to the lads there. Four lads went to, I think they narrowly missed out on... Yeah, I think it was about place. five places or something. If you yeah, even... five places, but actually they had three in the top nine. Yeah. So it was really the fourth man. And in fairness yeah. to the fourth man, like he put in a stormer because he'd be, you know, he, you know, in fairness to the guy, he, he, was, he knew he was making up the fourth member of the team and he put in this, an outstanding performance. So um, well done to the lads there. Yeah, um, well done. We've tasted, well, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we've tasted victory before, so it's good to see the lads back. Yeah. It's just difficult with the marathon, you know, as you know, myself yeah. even, it's hard, it's hard to get a team out there like you know no i have to mention though and i think this is important the intermediate section of it numbers mm-hmm. were absolutely dismal for it you know in the men's one team that was it range mm-hmm. from why they were the only um team full team that was there um like i just is is it what i don't know why they can't get the numbers like the novice b had good numbers you know all the other cross countries had good numbers I don't know, is it the distance, the 8K in it, that people are kind of more terrified of? Or is it afraid that in case they do, you know, you obviously you medal in that, you can't do any of the other races again below it. So mm. it'd be interesting to see what people's take on that. But I think the numbers were very, very poor in it. 
Um, so look, we'll see. But look, well done to everyone who take part. It was tough conditions in there. I know that much for a fact. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't the nicest. It wasn't. It was a dry day today. But you know, the rain we've had obviously in Cork last while has been bad. So look, well done to everyone who took part over the races over the weekend. Um, it's great to see. And all the results and um, links to all the results are on our show notes and will also be on our weekly blog that will go out on Mondays um, with all the information from our fixture features, fi- featured fixtures and uh, results. Now, Martin, we come back to you again before we move on to our featured fixtures. Dublin Martin itself. Yes. Training wise. How did your build up to it go? I know we have it briefly, but you know, as in in your blogs, but how did it go for you so that people will know? No, it looked training went really well. Um I kind of kept on top of things um since Cork. So as I said it was it was fairly fit going into Cork, so it was just a matter of kind of maintaining and just trying to build on it as much as I can. Um um I think I got I don't know that I miss any sessions, maybe one or two kind of you know shortish you know slow or easy runs that i might have missed um you know with life just catching up and setting but any sessions or anything like that i always i hit them and i hit them fairly well and kind of you know any kind of marathon pace long run i got hit the times fairly well as well and that so um it was just a really really good solid block of training and i stayed injury free which is the most important mm. thing as well um which always doesn't doesn't happen but you know unfortunately for some people um so you know that kind of just led into a very very good race in the end you know so um you know just very thankful for the long run and look i'll give you some credit here damien that you've been giving me a hand in this and you know with training there since um over the last while um and i think i think you spoke about it in the podcast before lads about the benefits of of, of having a coach there you yeah. know oh, oh. it's it's just second to none like Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, I to be fair, look, I, I was bored and I was delighted to help you. Like I have I've said to you up the times during this time, you're the one who done all the hard work and you know the runners do realise that. Like I was like, I was happy, delighted to help Martin. It was great to see the progress that you you've made over the time of it. And we were realistic as well with, with your goal yeah. and everything like that as well, you know. So yeah. And then Imagine how good you do, Martin, if you had a good coach. It'd be unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, but I yeah. agree with you, Brian. I, I, won't, I won't disagree with you. I 100% no. agree with do you. No, no. Funny enough, and I'm, I'm a coach. It depends on what way you want to look like. But sometimes, and Martin, you referenced this earlier with the block. Sometimes it's just accountability, as in like, and I don't mean it to take away from any training plans. But like we've often said ourselves here in the club, as even if we just held ourselves accountable, you know, you know that we were reporting back to each other almost, you know. Yeah, that's that's one part of it. It's obviously there's a lot more to it, but like the accountability, yeah. the guidance, obviously, you know, the I, feedback. I, I think is huge, though. Feedback. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think I, you know, even you know, Damien, Damien, we, you know, we we kind of chatted away, kind of on the phone, or we text back and forth, and I'd let you know how the session went, and we'd have a chat on the phone, and that kind of. I think we're just to be honest. If you do have a coach, just to be honest with the coach and just say, look, I was off the pace in this one. I felt crap or whatever this day, like you know, and just just no point. BS and someone like you know what I mean because you're yeah. just going to waste your time. So we found out uh, somewhere. Yeah, do, yeah. So, okay. so we move on to the race day then. As people may have known, it was a PB three seventeen. Yeah. Um, you obviously, as you said, the Dublin Barton experience. But how did the race itself actually go for you? As in from. So yeah, so like I, I was in the I was in the second wave. So um, we started off about five past about five past nine. So I kind of um I moseyed my way up. 
up to the front of the of way yeah, through. We, we were spotted. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. I got that photo sent on a few times as well to, uh, by a few people on on Instagram and on WhatsApp or whatever. So um, but you know, there, obviously there was no pacers at, for the pace that I wanted to go at. So um, I said, look, I'll, I'll head up there and try try and avoid uh, have my own space up there. So um, like the first few miles went went really really well. Um, I felt kind of quite comfortable that like the. I know I went through the course so many times, but that still that kind of pull up through Phoenix Park, it's 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 a challenge, you know. It's um <laughs> all the way up. It's it's you know goes on for about two or three miles there, and it, it's I was I knew it was coming, but it was still it was still a bit of a challenge, you know. But I know you have the down down hill after Castle Knock afterwards, and that was lovely. But um that little park was a bit of a challenge, like, but the support out there was was absolutely amazing, you know, especially around the Phoenix Park there when you come into it first. Yeah, yeah, I do think though, like doing your homework, and again, we had, you know, we had some of those shows on where people, yeah, like even for myself more than ever, I did my homework more, and especially after that episode with Martin when he came on and spoke to us about the, the three, the three pulls really in the course, yeah. like, like I definitely, I said it last week when I was on, I eased back on the my eleven, I eased back on mile thirteen and fourteen, yeah, I mean, like I know a lot of people, especially those new to the sport, and new to Martin was like, oh no, I'm ten, I'm after falling back ten, it's worth it. It's worth it in the long run to absolutely, absolutely to be strategic, you know. Anyway, and uh, and then it's yeah. lovely to finish the race and be happy, Martin, which is the important. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, was... like, yeah, like, like, you know what I mean? I, 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 I felt really good up to about mile, I think twenty four. Like, there, you know, there's a few people on the course. Like Graham was on the course. Um, from Chase O'Keefe in, in our course, her he uh, was on the course as well. His daughter. When she just ran the ran the marathon, but his daughter was on this course and scared the life out of me down by the the nine arches there. She she just started roaring and shouting, which is just hilarious. But she actually, I actually got an awful fright. Um, so I kind of got a mile out of that where I was just laughing at myself and laughing at her. Um, my aunt, and my cousins were up up in the course as well. They were up there for a show and they came out in support. And I saw them a few times and I saw a few other people out in the course as well. And that just keeps you going when you see kind of people unexpectedly. Um, but like the last, did you see Ray Darcy? I didn't see Ray. I saw yeah. Des Bishop, the comedian, all right, but I did, didn't see Ray Darcy. Um, Ray Darcy at the very, the very top at the Heartbreak Hill. Oh, yeah. I didn't, didn't see him at all. I didn't yeah. see him at all. I thought McGregor was... might be out of this pub, but there was no sign. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, look, again, Martin, well done. Um, and, you know, brilliant time. And at least now you can move on and go, you know, that there's another big step to go. And you can join in with Brian now to try to break the sub three next time, and there'd be no fear of you. Fingers so, crossed, then. Yeah, so the more the merrier. Exactly. The merrier. Right, right, so we better get cracking. Yeah. It'll be a long, long, long episode. So we move to our featured fixture section. So our first featured fixture is coming up next Saturday. That's the 11th of November at 2 30. Now, we want everybody and who can to make their way to West Cork next Saturday. Uh, entries will stay open up to the last minute, I've no doubt. Um, I'm heading there. I don't know if anyone else is heading there, but I'm heading there this weekend. It's going to be my first race back. Might even be my first pay time putting on a pair of runners after Dublin, but I'm going there looking forward to it. Uh, there might be rumours even of a runner's diary hat heading that way too, but we'll see we'll, we'll see that during the week. But that's the Irish five-miler. It's on Saturday, 11th of November at 2.30. Great race. We've been talking about it for weeks now. Um, you know, a tough, challenging route, but it's one to go. It's a very scenic route. And the team down there, the Bay Area C team, Mark Galler, etc., they put on an incredible, incredible welcoming, you know. And it's, it's, you know, as he said to me himself, you won't, 
you, if you haven't been before, but when you come, you won't uh, forget it, and you'd certainly be back more than likely. So I'm looking forward to that one next Saturday. Yeah, and next one we have the Thomas Kent, which is on the day after, which is Sunday the 12th in Castle Lines. So very, very good race. Fast last three miles in it. Brian's smiling say, right I, now. I just know what's um, going on. So, you, you know, forward, very fair. I, I, Jesus, Brian, we, didn't, we didn't hear that before. I I wouldn't say something like that. I came second in this race. Um, John Mead beat me in this one. Um, so great race. But in fairness, again, another one of them races that great is race, yeah. very, 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 very good race. Um, Martin, do you want to take us to the next one? Yeah, so the next one is the Torchstone 10 miler. It's on the 18th of November. Um, the early board is open there. It's 30 euros and it's 35 euros normal price. Um, I know one of the guys actually organising this, Paul Coleman, and it's very, very challenging course. Um, it's their first time organising a 10-miler, so there's fierce excitement there. So I'm sure it'll be a great day on the day. You know, sometimes actually when you see a challenging route, but I think the majority of the guests we get on, when we ask them that question, you know, Flash or Hilly, they all say Hilly, so let's see how many of them yeah. turn up to church now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up again, again we spoke about this one earlier, the Glenville, the Great Glenville run is on Sunday, November 26th. Again, you know, we're not just saying it, but these are all really, really top class races, well organised, you know, safety, priority one, great spread of food, you know, good courses, plenty of uh, Watergrass Hill Club, great organising club there in fairness. So that's Sunday, the 26th of November uh, in Glenville there at 11.30, I think is the start time there, isn't it? Yeah, and you can chat to Rory there as well. He can tell you, as he said in the words, what a dose I was working with. So, <laughs> you know, you can have a chat with him with that. Um, next again is this week's competition, which is the Duhalla AC 5K um, road race, which is on the 3rd of December at 1 o'clock in Newmarket. Very, 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 very fast race. Plenty of prize um, cash ones for the breaking course records, everything. Course records, that's 14.06 for the men. Are you going to have a bash off it? Um, on a bike. 15.49 for the ladies so you know make sure you sign up for that because that is a really popular race yeah serious times there aren't they yeah and Martin do you want to cover the last one there so the next one last one is down in Farron 4 Main Valley AC the 5k on the 26th of December Stevens's day um, it's one of the longest running road races in Ireland and blow off all the turkey on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. That we did, the full information hasn't been gone up for this race yet. So once we should have that in the next week or two. So just check out our Facebook page at the moment and you'll get plenty of information. But that you can't sign up for that as of yet. But thank you for them. We will have a competition coming up for that race. So we'll come up our interview. We, myself and Brian, got to sit down with John Kinsler last Friday and have a very good chat with him. John is... Salt of the earth, lovely fella. Um, very accommodating when his time could internet, as we said earlier. You know, we need to get that improved, but look, there's some things we can help and some things we can't. But, um, Brian, we enjoyed it. I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think people know a lot about John. Let's throw it over to him and we'll, we'll jump back on the other yeah. side there with a few comments. Okay, so back by popular demand, we're delighted to have John Kinsella back with us again this week, a.k.a. the Limerick Runner, a.k.a. Chicago Baby, I think is our new one, John. People are starting to, I, I, was, around, I was around Dublin last Sunday and when your name came up, everyone was like, Chicago Baby. So, <laughs> how are things? Excellent, feeling, feeling good, good to be back running and in, injury free. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, listen, John, as I said, you're, you're one of the more popular people around the running circuit. Always, every time your name comes up, it's always people have a lot of good things to say about you and a friendly face and a bit of fun as well. And obviously a lot of that's true or YouTube, but we'll get onto that later on. But we're going to start off with a, a rapid fire questions as we do with a lot of people. Um, so we'll kick off. Damien, do you want to take the first one? Right. Flat course or hills? Hills. Definitely hills. <laughs> okay. Uh, road, treadmill or other? Road. I hate the treadmill. You're a good man for the trails as well, though. I love the trails, yeah. Yeah. So road or trails, maybe? No, after getting an injury, I think I'll, I'm happy with the road, but um, I like it on the trails for my long, easy runs. I know this is a quick, rapid fire question, but I have a quick one because I thought this person might have known you. We got a question in from a Dermot McKeown who asked for the best value treadmill. And I thought you might have known him and that you did a lot of treadmill work. But now I know you obviously don't, do you? And I don't pains me to go on it if i have to you know if i have to go on it i will but i suppose um there's there's a lot of good companies out there the best treadmill you can buy really is a commercial one from i'd say even if you got a second-hand treadmill from uh, a gymnasium or you know someone who's upgrading because the ones you buy in the store a lot of them are not that good they don't have they won't last too long they they're not made for like running all the time, you know. And if you're a serious about running, you'll probably be on it every day or every other day. So mm. I go with that. Get a second-hand mm. commercial one if you can. Yeah. yeah. Next one, favorite shoe brand. Nike, definitely Nike has to be. I think Nike have uh, changed the game, and I think they've made running more fun. You know, yeah. I, I remember I got my first uh, my first pair of Vaporflies. I actually had them for a year. Would you believe it? I had. I bought them in 1998 after London Marathon. I had them for a year and I wore them in Boston like a year mm -hmm. later. So. And and in yeah. Nike, is it, is it Vaporfly or Alphafly or other even? I started wearing the Alphafly recently and I seem to enjoy running in them. I would say for the marathon, I would prefer the Alphafly, definitely. Mm, interesting. And Vaporfly and the Tempos. I, I trained in, if I'm doing sessions, I use Tempos and Zoomfly. It's all Nike. Just to jump in again, even I know again it's supposed to be rapid fire, but the amount of people I heard this week saying they recovered well after Dublin because of the super shoes, that's another another element to them, I think, as well. You know, that you can recover now much better. You're not limping down the stairs for five days. Yeah, I know they're unbelievable, unbelievable. Because I, and, sorry, I, I sorry, no, John, I must, I'm, I must just cut across Brian. That's all super shoes. It's I said that. Do you I said that. Just make sure, right? Just, I said super shoes. On, like, no, 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 I didn't like, say like. I said super shoes. <laughs> yeah, even but even if like I go back to last year, I did the Wicklow half marathon. My legs were hanging off me, and I had an entry for Mallow the next day. So I went down to Mallow, and I, I was doing the warm-up. I was doing nine-minute miles. I couldn't even walk, just to wear normal uh, run shoes. And then I put on the Vaporflies, I thought, I'll just use it as a, a run, you know, before the marathon or whatever. And uh, I ended up coming second, so <laughs> there's some show with that. <laughs> right. Miles or kilometres? Miles. But shows your age. We're getting there again. Many miles, isn't it? It's nearly always yeah. miles. Um, Favourite race? Mm. 
I like Dungarvan. Dungarvan, 10 miler. Yeah, definitely a good race. Yeah, absolutely. For, for locally, like, and obviously um, internationally, London Marathon. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, excellent. Do you prefer training in hot or cold weather? Hot. I hate the cold. <laughs> are you are you a morning or evening runner? I used to be a nighttime walker when I was when I was walking shift. Um, I'm on straight days now, so I'm finding it very hard to get up. I keep pressing the snooze button, so I'm definitely not a morning runner. But <laughs> evenings, yeah, evenings, evenings. If you didn't run, you would. I'd probably still be playing soccer, and I'd be maybe. 18 stone <laughs> drinking pints every Sunday. <laughs> you can't run without your GoPro. Like, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I can't run without uh, music. I love listening to music. Okay, okay, interesting. Two more. Favorite book or movie, sports orientated? Um, the first book I read about running was Advanced Marathon, and I thought it was a brilliant book. I learned everything, you know, about the science of running and that, and I thought that was very helpful. For So I, I go with that. And from a sports point of view, I don't know. I well, can, that's I a sports point. You know, it's perfect. That's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. That's good enough for me. And the Another last one, one there, Brian. Yeah, this shows people sometimes. Anyway, we'll put it out there for you. If you could take the place of another person in their greatest sporting moment, who would it be and why? So any sport, Messi lifting the World Cup. Ah, same as me. Just the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be wearing that black gown he put on. Like. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Um, this is not a rap part of the rapid fire question, but last question uh, that we don't ask anybody is: Did you find your phone from Chicago yet? No. No. Gone. Okay. Yeah. It's gone. inside the port of Hyde. There's like thirty thousand people put something on top of it. I won't say why, Right, uh, let's get into the thick of it. Um, look, I know you were on before, and as I said, uh, we kind of wanted to get you back. But like very briefly, maybe just take us through how it all kicked off you. I know, like again, for anyone who doesn't know, John, check out his YouTube channel. It's 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 class, like to be fair, and we'll get onto it a bit more in a minute because you you know your editing has even improved as well, John. You're getting better and better and better. There's, I thought you might <laughs> say there if you didn't run, you'd be a Hollywood film producer or something like that, but. Just take us through the day. Like I, I remember seeing your first video, and it was actually Gary Walsh put me on to you actually to to kind of look look you up. But that video that you show, which you're you know you were you were saying yourself you were overweight. It was Christmas dinner time. It yeah. was like a change changing point for you, was it? Oh yeah, it was um, like I woke up. I woke up one morning with a hangover. Usually, usually do my best work the next day after a hangover. <laughs> we were feeling bad and. I don't know, I just, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good at all. And I, I I probably felt like that before, but I never really did anything about it. Like, but this time I just said, I'm going to lose a bit of weight. And uh, I wrote down, I was 103 kilograms. I wrote down 93 on a piece of paper. And uh, I took a photograph of it and I stuck the paper on the fridge. And I went about losing weight. And I lost two stone kind of quickly enough because I was really focused on it. Like I was eating very low calorie food. I was just blending vegetables and fruits and like, like the way it just fell off me. Like, and I was just doing gym. I wasn't running at this stage. So I lost about three and a half stone. And then my friend asked me to sign up for the great Limerick run at the time. And it was about seven weeks to go. And I did it. I ended up running sub 40 
And uh, that was the start of it. And I haven't stopped running since. And uh, my life's after changing um, so much, like, since then, you know. And what did you start with at the start, John? Was it just literally, right, a couple of miles a week and you just go your one, two days a week and no plan and just enjoy that and built it and built it and built it? Yeah, like the very first run we did, because we've seen the sign on the roundabout, the very first run we did, we did nine kilometres actually. Now, I didn't know it was nine at the time, but I asked him we finished. I couldn't believe it. I was like, so if I could do nine, I can do ten. And uh, straight away, I had the belief that I could do it. And uh, we were running 10-minute miles, so that's that's probably why it felt easy uh, at the time. And I, I actually enjoyed it, you know, because the pace was slow. Uh, normally, for me, from a soccer background, it was all sprints and mm. things like that. And uh, I, I used to hate running like it, didn't like it one bit. But for, for whatever reason, in that first run, I actually enjoyed it. And I when I asked him how far do we go, he said nine kilometers. And uh, I couldn't believe it. And uh, I was hooked from that first run, you know. And, you know, for from there on, you went to the 10K. Was it just stay at the 10K and enjoy that a little bit? Or did you, like, get slightly addicted and go to half marathons quickly and then to marathons quickly? Or how did you progress to what you are right now? It was, um, well, when when I spoke to my friend after doing the race, I told him the time I did. And he was he started talking about, like, being able to qualify for Boston and stuff. And... Um, I kind of had that in my head then about qualifying for Boston. So I've been building up then over the years for that. So I think a year later I did I did Dublin. That was my first marathon. I think I was running about 16 or 17 months at the time and I did 250. That was my first marathon. Like, and Sorry now, John, how long ago was this? Did you, when did 2015. you start? Uh, I started in 2015. I started when I was 35. So I started as a master. I uh, I did like five fresh years ahead of me in the Masters division, so I started off at the right time. And I went from there then training for the the, the marathon and in 2016. And then I, I, like when I did another 10K, I actually did it in Billboard at the time. And they were, the, they were kind of a club that were local to me, so I ended up joining Billboard. And from there, I ended up doing cross-country running. And then I... Started hearing about hill racing, and uh, I started doing that, and uh, then I, I kind of went to the hill run and then till I got injured. Um, I tore my meniscus on a mountain race in 2017, so then I stayed away from the hills and I went back on the road, and then I went to London 2018. I ran 2:49. It was similar kind of of um, my situation with the last marathon. Um, having I had two months out and I came back and was straight into a marathon plan. And I ran a PB at the time, like, and kind of stuck to the road for a while after that. The amount of people who are listening now, I'm going to say they hate you as in, like, you just jump in and do a 250 or 249 is, like, a big list. Uh, <laughs> but, Brian, I want to know, like, John, and you're quite everyone knows this, the fact that you have no coach, all right? So you had no coach then. Was it the book that you read that you got your yeah. training from? Or I used, like, I used the book, yeah. I used the book and... Like what was this co- coach to two fifty marathon? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I I was looking at the at the advanced marathon plan, but like because I was working, I was I, when I started work when I started running, I was working straight evenings, so I I couldn't really do much running. Uh, you know, during the week, um, I was always going to work after it. I was carrying the runs into work, then and then I started doing straight nights, and that was worse again. Um, 
And then I went from nice to five cycle shift in the last five years. And now I'm on straight days. Like, but I, I, I kind of, I struggled follow, following plans early on. And people were telling me I should get a coach and stuff like that. And I just, like, some days I didn't know if I was going to get sleep. I didn't know how many hours sleep I was going to get. And if I if I had a coach telling me that, you know, throw in a certain amount of miles Wednesday, I didn't know, like, how tired I was going to be. I, I didn't know how things were going to be in work if I could get out. Because a lot of the runs I was doing for the last couple of years, and I can say it now because my boss is probably not listening to this one, but I used to run it. I used to run on my lunch break, and I used to have a forty-five minute window. And sometimes, like nearly most times, I'd go out. I I sat and watch, and I'd run, and I do forty-five minutes at marathon pace, like which was five thirty-five, without warming up, just straight out and straight back in. Because I had to use the other fifteen minutes to get a shower and eat something. And yeah. that's that's the way my training is be. And when I had my days off, then I I do all my miles. And I think I, I couldn't I couldn't follow plans. I think the last time I spoke to you, actually, you were coming off shift work. It was a it was a Thursday, and you were saying to me you'd still get in seventy miles between Thursday and Sunday. So you're obviously not following, as you said, any specific kind of plan because you just couldn't. But like that's phenomenal. Yeah, as no well. coach like, is yeah. going to go run seventy miles now between Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, and like I was thinking, I like obviously the more miles you do, the better, like as a runner, and I I couldn't get the miles in and work if I was working four twelve hour shifts, I I could run forty five minutes for those four days, so you know mm. I'd have probably about about twenty two twenty three miles in in those um in those four days, and then in the three days I had off, I, I used to run fifteen sixteen miles a day sometimes. When I was on nights night shift, I do twenty miles, twenty miles in the day, and I go to work at eight o'clock at night, and I'd have to run in my legs all day the next day, and I'd have to go home and bring my kids to school, and if I didn't sleep, then I had like a twenty miler in my legs still, and I had to yeah. go to work that night, and I'd probably still run on my break again, you know, regardless how tired I was, like, and yeah. I did it for a while, and then two thousand eighteen, then I I actually I fainted in work because. <laughs> That was the last time I actually followed the plan because I was exhausted and I I just couldn't recover and I, I suppose I like to be honest I wasn't even training that hard but I think it was just a combination of the training and the night shift and not getting enough sleep and I, I ended up fainting I went down and I got and the doctors told me just take two weeks off don't run don't do anything and uh, I just decided after that that I'm just gonna just take it day by day and that that's what I've been doing ever since you know. But where does that willpower come, John? Because, like, uh, again, watching your videos and stuff, like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the hard stuff you do, you do it on your own. I, you know, I watch. I remember watching that video of you over in Poland. I think you did a lot of training there. A great video again, and like you were beating out a big session. I think there was one of the sessions you did two in the one day on, on a bowl of soup. Was it or something like that? You didn't need anything yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that know? was uh, that was one of those Canova special blocks, and I did. I think I ended up doing. 20 miles at marathon pace and that like and i ate 100 calories in um in between the two sessions it was i think it was five at marathon pace with a minute recovery and then another five and it was the same in the evening like but um i i, I don't know I, I don't think i'd be able to do that now yeah. you wouldn't be right you know it might yeah. Try, but yeah i like Oh, it's, I know it's hard to explain, like, but I, I'm, I'm definitely highly motivated. And if, if I could, if someone said to me, John, look, 
you don't have to work. We're gonna we're gonna sort you out here. You don't have to work, but we want you to run two hundred miles. I run two hundred miles. You know, I'm just it's uh, getting out there running is not the problem. It's my body now is like not able to handle what I I want to do. So yeah, because what age you don't, John? You're forty three. Yeah, so like you know, Brian, what are you? Fifty four. So you know, it's been eleven years between you. You know, so you know when you get to your older 54 age, fifty four is nearly a compliment <laughs> this week. Sixty yeah. odd there a week or two ago, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah. you know. I think Sanya Sullivan said it takes six years to peak as a runner. And that's six years of running 100, 120 miles a week. And for most of us runners, we're, we're not. We're going to be doing half of that. So yeah. I think that we, we can have a longer shelf life than other runners, you know. And that's what gives me kind of motivation, knowing that you're all, you, like, there's a good chance you can always keep improving if you just keep mm. getting out there and keep training smartly. No, talk about peaking, John, this year. You went away and decided to cover a nice few um, major marathons for yourself. So correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Boston, Berlin, and Chicago. London, 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 London. Boston, well. London. Yeah, I yeah. did London six days after Boston, so that wasn't that wasn't ideal. But <laughs> there was a, there was a method to the madness, like because I I actually I was training. I was training, first of all, to qualify for the Irish Mountain Senior Mountain Team for the World Championships in austria and um i did i did a couple of trail runs i did 27 mile train run early maybe in january i did a lot of hard training sessions and i did the mars Mullins 50k which was my first um my first ultra and i, I came forward and i made the irish team and three weeks later i did boston and then six days later i did london and i think I did. I did some seriously hard training. I think the hardest session I actually ever did was um, maybe four weeks. It was. Uh, it was supposed to be my kind of main run for the world championships after I made the team. So I went down to Karen Tool with one of the lads on the team, and I went up and down it twice in in one day, and slept in the car and ran up again the next day. And <laughs> I actually and, heard uh, that from I. I I heard that, and this wasn't from a runner. I actually heard about that. It was from someone walking, going, "I saw this mad fecker running up and down the hill," and I actually happened to look to find out it was actually you who was up and down the hill twice. Yeah. It's fair to and, say, uh, John, you you do things a bit differently, don't you? Do things a bit differently, yeah. And like I was always getting away with it till I suppose a week before the World Championships. Um, I just I was in work on the night shift, of course, and I was just sitting in my car and I felt something around the kind of glute area. And I walked back into work and I was limping around work for the rest of the night. And uh, I knew it didn't feel right. So I, I met, met Sean Doyle the next day. I was supposed to do an easy run with him. And I, I had to pull up after a mile. And I knew it, was, I, it, it didn't feel good. And I gave it a few days. I was talking to Robbie, you know, Robbie from uh, Cork. Yeah, he was over yeah. the high performance, uh, the, the mountain run high performance team. I was talking to him. So you go out and seeking a run, maybe 400 metres um, after a few days. So I did on the Wednesday and I couldn't even run 400 metres. So in fairness, I got on to Bon Secures then and they, they got me in the next day for an MRI. And then I drove out to an orthopaedic uh, surgeon and he told me the bad news. So my, my world championships were over, you know, it was, um, it was a hard to take. No, it was definitely one of the worst, one of the bad days of, of running for me. Like, and, um, I've been kind of coming back ever since, I suppose, and I had Chicago two weeks ago to make up for it. So hopefully, hopefully I can stay injury free now and 
take us through take us through them boston was the first big one was it yeah boston um so boston boston was a big one for me i have I have a lot of memories about Boston when I was growing up, you know, my, my uncle went went to Boston uh, back in the early 80s and um, I went over to Boston 2019 um, and I always wanted to do it and I, I remember talking to my uncle about it and everything, he was telling me like the story about how they went over, uh, a Boston businessman paid for um, about 100 people from South Hill, I grew up in a place called South Hill, Limerick and Back when Limerick was in the media, I suppose for for the wrong reasons, and and South Hill was probably at the epicenter of it. Like, and I grew up there, and I always kind of associated Boston with, with where I grew up in because of all the people who went there. They were always talking about the stories of going over. Like this this businessman came over, he ended up paying I think twenty five thousand pounds at the time back in the early eighties of his own money. And brought 100 people up to South Boston, and uh, 10 of them ended up running the marathon as as bandits. Like so, they just dropped them off to Hopkinton, and they had to run in. And two of my uncles were um, two of my uncles were, were one of those uh, right. 10 people. And uh, I always said, you know, um, I want to do Boston because I never thought I'd get to follow in their footsteps. But when I qualified and I had the chance to do it, then um, it gave me a lot of motivation to do it. And I remember I actually went back up around um, South Hill then before I was going to do it. And uh, I had these arm warmers and I went down to all the houses of the people I grew up with who who, who, were, who aren't here, who died. Like, And after about three hours, my whole sleeve was full of names. I had about 30 oh. names on my sleeve. And these were all like 90% of the names on it were young people. They weren't even 20 and they all died like from suicide more some of them were murdered and some of them overdosed on drugs and Incredible. like my, my whole sleeve my whole sleeve was full like and yeah. and i remember like it, when i was reading about the race like everyone was everyone was talking about heartbreak killed and stuff and i remember i got up to the top of heartbreak killed and i was like it's not heartbreak like there's you know there's hundreds of people cheering you on cheering on your name like you you can stop and the pain goes away but like i grew up in the real heartbreak kill where you know the pain never goes away for, for a lot of people up there like and and, and the photo you have up there of of me was uh me and halfway killed as well in boston but uh the boston just gone and i remember when i got there this time because when i did in 2019 i i you know i didn't have a good race i didn't feel good like so i mm. I, I felt like i had unfinished business so when i came back um um, back in April, and I did it, and I got to my twenty. I knew then that uh, it's like it was all. It was just like just me saying to myself, "I did it." Like it won, you know, and uh, it was a big relief for me. So I, I put my arms up, I just squeezed them like that, and I don't know. It was just it, it was a good feeling for me because like two actually last year, just before reg registration, my uncle passed away. My uncle who did the marathon, and I, I remember going to the funeral, and I told him that I go. And I, I I run it in his memory like so I wrote his name on the back of my bib my bib like and when I got to like that point then I knew I was gonna have a good dress like I was I was buzzing like and mm -hmm. I Boston. loved every minute of it you know Boston what's is your, very special yeah, so it's, what's your fastest time in Boston yeah. Yeah, the last time I did a two twenty seven uh two twenty seven yeah with a headwind <laughs> bad. 
But Next you know what, like, it, like sorry, go, go back to 2019, um, I actually did it. And I, I, ran, I ran most of it with Donald Coakley at the time. And I, I didn't have a good race. I remember coming out to the porter party again. <laughs> and um, I seen the big yellow Leavell singlet. And uh, I just I just followed him down onto Boylston Street. And the two of us were slugging it out then up the, up the, up the, uh, the Boylston Street finish. I, I just pipped him on the line. So that was his big chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I remember seeing yeah. videos of that as well, where you got to run with um, some of the elites. Well, yeah, that would have been that would have been Chicago last year. Yeah, in in Chicago last year, yeah, I was running, I was running with everyone. I, the who's who this year as well. I was warming up with with Kelvin Kipton in Chicago. It's it's mad, like you you go in there and there's all these lads just jogging around the park next to Galen Upland, Kelvin Kipton and stuff, and it's unbelievable. Like I mean, how how do you want to go on and run these big races? <laughs> like when there's people like that because you know with soccer like like the lead soccer players are they're playing in the Premier League most of us would never get a chance to go out there and play there like but in, in running it's a kind of a sport where you 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 can stand next you know you can stand next to the best of the best like on the start line you're all sharing the same course all on the same journey trying to run a fast time or, or whatever and that's the good thing about running you know so Boston was the first was the first one this year, was it? Yeah, Boston and so we went I went to Boston, I did London six days after it and like the my method my my, my thought process for, for London was after after I did Boston, I was just, just gonna jog around London. Now I did jog around, right? But <laughs> I probably jogged around a bit too fast. But I took the go off with me and I had a good time. I brought my family over because like I don't bring my family everywhere to the races because you know the costs and stuff and I, I brought my family over there and um I said you know I just drag around and seen it it was nice to have them there so um I didn't really think about minding myself like I was just thinking I get more miles in because what I was going to face in Austria was was going to be horrendous like it was 50k and something like 10,000 feet of elevation again, you know, and I never did that before. So I wanted to go over there strong and to, to have a good race. And obviously I, I burnt a candle, I bought in a bit too much. And um, I just, I, I came up short a week before, I suppose. So that would have been the race after London, my next race, like. And um, I got the injury then. I was out for about two months and um, I came back. And um, I was jogging away. I actually, I felt okay. I, I, I went straight back onto the mountains when I came back, like, because I knew if I go up, if I go up to the mountains, I'll be able to run because uh, my pace will be slow. I'll be able to just do, get more time on my feet and I'll be able to test out my, my kind of sacral area. And um, it felt okay. So I ended up signing up for Charnival Half Marathon. I got an entry off my, Mikey Herlihy. Mm -hmm. So I've got to give him a bit of credit for getting me back because I wouldn't have done Chicago unless I did Charleville. I went, I ran, I ran 114.35 like after, I think I was back, I don't know, about four weeks or something. And I went from there then, I booked my flights that night to Chicago and had a four-week marathon plan from there. <laughs> and your PB in Chicago? 
last year I did two twenty six and I did two thirty two this year. You know, so after seven weeks training, so it gives me a lot of confidence when I start training out for Tokyo down the line. That is it a nuts, nuts, Brian? Like two thousand fifteen, John took it up, and you know, yeah, obviously it wasn't straight road, and then now you're running two twenty six. What's your overall marathon PB, John? Yeah, two twenty two twenty six. So I've been improving every every year really. Mm. Even though I'm getting older. So that's a good that's a good sign in it, hopefully. Um because I, I when I did Boston, I did two twenty seven and Boston was you know, Boston's a hard course. And I did that three weeks after doing my first fifty K in the mountains and I'd only one session done between the Mars Mullins and Boston and I did two twenty seven, but the conditions weren't great. I, I reckon you know, on a, on a good day, like I was probably in better shape than I was when I did Chicago last year. But hopefully, I get it back now going forward, like um, 226. So, yeah, and, and from, from, from the ones you've done, John, the Boston, Chicago, etc., London, what's your favorite course there? Like, in terms of maybe fastest course in some ways, or favorite course from a support perspective? Yeah, I think I think if, if you do London, I think anyone that will do London will tell you that the support is is unbelievable. Like it's just it's just wall to wall, like for ninety nine percent of the course. And for us from Ireland going over, it's easy to get to, and there's no time zone difference or anything. And I think I I, I always say London is probably the best out of all the majors for from an Irish point of view for us because it's easy to get over, mm-hmm. and the course it's not as like. It's not as flat as Berlin. Like I think Berlin is obviously definitely the fastest course. The weather is usually is usually nice and cool. It's perfect for running. And I, I did two thirty three there in two thousand nineteen. That was a couple of months after I did Boston. Like so, like if I did, I did two thirty eight in Boston, and then you know, I went on a couple of months later and did two thirty three. So it just goes to show you the difference in the course, like in from Berlin to Boston, like. Mm. And uh, yeah, Chicago. And the good thing about Chicago, like um, especially if you're if you're over forty and you run sub two thirty two, they actually put you up the front with all the elites, and they give you a complimentary entry. And they're the only major that does that. And I think that's it's very. Um, I think that should be you know appreciated. Like there's not many of the big marathons do anything like that, especially for masters runners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chicago, we got to ask you about the points. Yeah. I tell her. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But well, like well, like you... I have I have about three thousand images and videos on my phone. And if I want to make a video, everything I kind of need templates, same thing, it's all on my phone. And I use my phone is like my computer because I do everything on my phone. And when I lost it then, um because I finished the race, I I didn't contact my family because I, I had no <laughs> internet access and um, they might have lost my phone. So it wasn't until I actually got back to the hotel <clears throat> that I made contact with home and said I'm alive anyway and I'm going out for points. So I had a good time. I met a couple of Irish people over there and uh, we went out. And I, 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 for some reason, I always walk back home after and you know, I don't know why. I don't, I, I'm not in this Uber stuff or anything. I was like, I've legs, I'm gonna walk home and Google I didn't have Google Maps, like, but I knew it was straight down. 
Yeah, down. And, and and John, do you do do you take your uh, drinking as serious as your um, running sessions? Like, well, like I came from a soccer background. We like for us, we used to play matches every week, and we used to drink points after matches. Like, but running, you're only doing one race every every couple of months. You know, you have to go and enjoy it after it. And for me, that's part of it. I definitely, um, I do, I don't do enough training in the in the points. Uh, points training. <laughs> I was looking for uh, the vodka as well, wasn't it? There was uh, the video was about good, good humor and I, fairness. Yeah, I, because my wife is Polish and uh, I'm, I always go back to Poland. As you've seen from my videos last year, and I, I would be, I would be partial to a couple of shots of vodka. Though, I won't lie, like, and uh, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was in all the Polish then. Like there was about thirty of them there, and I thought they were going to be cracking, cracking old bottles left, right, and center, but there was nothing there. shocking behavior shocking and from one all right so yeah can't be doing that like um from one favorite session which is alcohol to the question right what's your if you were to pick a session tomorrow that you were to do any day of the week what would it be and not drinking by the way it's just this is a running session your favorite session martin pace no martin pace for me i love running at martin pace i i mean for me, I for me the if you if you've been following some of my videos, you'll see that usually when I run a certain percentage of my heart rate, um, gives me a lot of information that I can hold that pace. Like if I just say I run one fifty five to one sixty beats, that that seems to be my my sweet spot. If I went back overall, I'm Martins. I think I did ten or eleven of them. Like my heart rate, my average heart rate would be within two beats for all of them. Like and I can use that then. As my training, and if I go out and do a training session, if I go tomorrow and do five miles of marathon pass, and my heart rate is is below that or near it, I know that I'm getting there. You know, and if it was over that, I, I'd obviously go back and maybe do more miles, try to build up my aerobic base. But I I think the marathon pass sessions are the best. I love doing them. So don't warm enough straight into yeah, it. straight into it. You just said your heart rate. Do you do a lot of heart rates, or or is it mainly just off? You know, is heart rate just specifically for sessions? Yeah, just for sessions. Like, um, I, I, I've a lactate machine. I've everything. I never use it. I use it once, um, just to see. And uh, I, like, I've enough problems in my life now to be worrying about my lactate levels on a on a rep. I've no interest at all in it. And I did the VO two max test recently, and like, I, I was always running my easy runs. Just say one, one thirty, one thirty five beats. But if you do a VO two max test, it kind of gives you a specific zone and. That was saying I should be running a bit higher, so I, I might give that um, a bit of thought this year. That as science goes, and if if I use the lactate machine, it'll probably be just to verify if I do a marathon pass session just to see, just for like, cause, like so sometimes they you could do a session and you know you might feel great and maybe the lactate is high or something, and then you don't you don't want to have all these things to worry about. I don't, and yeah, it doesn't bother me that much, you know. Mm. One of the things you do have to worry about is the YouTube One of the video. You do have to worry about. Sorry, yeah. a bit of feedback. Um, the YouTube videos. How much time does that take up for you? Do you know what? I could do a video in five minutes, right? Um, if I have memory on my phone and my I'm I'm out in County Limerick, I'm in my room. My internet is, is really poor. I have my the internet on my phone, like, and it takes forever. To, to upload a video and 
when I had my older phone, so maybe it's better it's gone. The memory was always maxed out, so I'd upload YouTube videos very high quality, and I'd have to upload them to the cloud and then delete them off the app, so I'd have enough uh, memory to edit the video. I, usually, I used to do it when I was on the way back home on the in, on the airplane coming back, but coming back from uh, Chicago this year, now I couldn't have not, I couldn't do nothing like, and the video I think was was thirty nine minutes long, like so. Yeah, you do. I waste more time doing doing the doing that like than than anything else. But um, I, I'm, that's why I'm I'm kind of trying to change up now. I try to try to do more talking, <laughs> less less putting like a hundred clips together. Like sometimes I'd have to put like yeah, it could be a hundred clips like because I'd have to edit out all the curse words and all that <laughs> and do that lot of stuff. <laughs> We've got um, a few questions in. So one of them was, apart from changing car wheels at the side of the road, what's the favorite thing to do post race, training and nutrition, nutrition with Toby? Toby. There's obviously I know, a story I know, there. I know, I know, Toby. Yeah, we, we, I went up a couple of years ago. I did the Down Royal Martin, and uh, I ended up winning it. I think, I think Toby when he came second. I'm not sure. Second, no, actually, Joe, Joe came second. He came, I think he came third. And uh, so I was driving home, and I seen, seen him pulled up, and he. He's, uh, he's a puncher, like so. I, I got out and saved the day. I fixed his, uh, I fixed his puncher. <laughs> a man of multi-talented, Joe. I tell you. Multi-talented, yeah. So, what was the, what was the second part of the question? Sorry. No, that was it. That was what's your That's favorite it. part to recover for your post recovery. So, like besides doing the tire, what, 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 what you actually like doing after a marathon? <sighs> I would take drinking as probably being that. Well, besides, I don't want to drink points on. All the time, honestly, I, I don't want to have a bad, bad example for that now, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I like you know, I relax at home, I eat, I love I love food, I still love food, and because uh, I'm I, in my head, the old John is still in there, like, and he sees some food that he wants it, like, mm. and uh, yeah, I just chill out. And uh, um, next one is, and then you actually mentioned it earlier, the, the, the 20 mile mark as well, is how do you overcome the 20 mile wall in the marathon? That's from uh, Joe Fer Fer Fergerty. Over to you. Fergerty. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is obviously conditioning your, your body for the for the, the demands of the marathon. Like, and I think that's where your long runs are, are very important. Definitely running a marathon pace, I think. Uh, if you're running a marathon pace and if you like, if you are using heart rate, you're not. You're not going into zone five on the Garmin. That's what I used to because I, I run a lot of my marathon pests, nearly all of it in threshold zone, which is zone four on the Garmin. And I think if you're not going red and you're you're doing some specific long ones in your training and your build up to it, you know, and doing time on your feet, like for me, I always run three or four uh, runs that are two hour thirty plus, just to get my just to get used to being out there for that long, like I think that makes a big difference. Like even if you're not, you don't have to run it fast. Just, just at least I think you should always be able to cover the distance easy, very easy. Um, if you want to run it fast, that's that's the way I approach it. Mm -hmm. There was a question came in as well, which we kind of spoke about already. Um, about coaching, but I know you don't have a coach, but it might be unfair to ask you this question, but we'll ask it anyway, because it did come in from Shane yeah, Collins. It did come in from Shane Collins. If you were to get a coach, who would it be? If you were to get a coach, 
if I if I could give up my job, I'd be a coach like Canova. I like his sessions because they're, they're all fast and they're all hard. <laughs> yeah, if I'm a top level, like I like running. Like I said, I love running marathon test runs. I love running around the aerobic threshold runs. Because I, I found from my training over the years, like I said, when I look back at my training for Berlin and stuff, and I was like, I was only half the order I was in old set, and I was heavier. I was, I was, I was, I probably two, no, maybe not two stone heavier, but I was definitely a stone heavier, and I ran 233. And I, I look back over my training, and I, I was doing a lot of math. In, you know, wearing all elastic shoes, as you know, on 650 pence. So that, that's probably around, you know, 635, 640, you know, and that was before I was able to run that fast. And I ran 233. So for me, I think, I, I think um, I, I, I respond better for to kind of hard training. And uh, I think I, I, like, I was always doing hills and road. I was able to tolerate a lot. You know, I know I got injured this year, but the training I was doing before I got injured was, was really hard. But if I, I can do harder stuff if on the road, if I stay at the road, and I think I, I should see uh, an improvement. So mm-hmm. that's why I like you know, his, um philosophy, you know. Very good. What's next? Tokyo. Tokyo, the big one, finally. Like for me, obviously, it's it's like the carrot and the stick approach. That six star medal, I I, I want to get that around my neck. And I I know one of one of your um, buddies, Damien, uh, in Eagle did it before. I was reading his blog and uh, I got some great information on that. Just to hear hear stories from other people doing it, especially fast runners. And I I, I I'm looking forward to that. It's kind of my main motivation. I don't know what I do after that. I don't know what I do to motivate myself. Like, but. Um, but you also, John, John, you also have to do it fairly soon because they're going to, they're adding a seventh from next year, isn't it? I heard that. Yeah, I think that will take away from from the event. Like it's been, I don't know, it's been six days for a long time. I think Tokyo was the last one to be added, but I think if they added, like, look, it's obviously generating a lot of money for them, and they could add, they could add another five races, and they still get people doing it anyway. But I just think um, I think I, I'm happy with the V6. I don't I don't think I can't see myself going over to Sydney. It doesn't appeal to me at all. Like um, I get this um, I get this six, and hopefully my legs can still go. And I, I don't know, maybe I go back and try do some hills again or something like that. But I love running the Martins. Anyway, I like to like I like like if you've seen I was something in Dublin the weekend. I'd love to actually be able to cycle around dresses and with the camera and stuff. And just I think. Just being kind of there, like there's a lot of nervousness when people are running during the race. But you can ask him a question; it kind of breaks tension and it makes for it makes a good watching. You know, there are things that I'd like to look back on in the years, like, and I'm sure people if they're running a race and they can see themselves, like, you know, happy out running. It's something they'd like to look back on as well, like. So I definitely like to make more videos of of races as mm. such. You know, so you'll have to get me down to Cork next year. That's it. Don't for the don't for Breen again. <laughs> yeah. He's always welcome. Yeah, yeah. He's always welcome. Right, uh, you've given us a lot of time, but I think we're going to finish maybe pretty soon. But one last question. Who would have been the biggest influence on your career? Biggest influence? <laughs> um, I don't know what, like, to be honest with you, like, I, I, I didn't know anything about running before I started running. And, and it, like, Neil Cusack won Boston Martin. He's a Limerick man. Like, 
And um, I suppose when he started running, it was it, you look up to people like that, and especially if someone from your own city uh, ran in a, a major marathon and won Boston, like so. It's good to have people like that, and I suppose locally, like I, I always tell my lads, like the likes of Nigel Shannon and uh, Sean Doyle and stuff like that, and uh, they're all lads that are way faster than me. No, no problem admitting it, and I, I, I look at their training as well. They're total opposite of me. They're regimental, like, and if they have to run five ten a mile, they'll run five ten point two at max, like, um, the opposite, like, <laughs> I know structure, like, and uh, I the, the lads definitely, um, the lads definitely helped me out with regards to, you know, pushing, getting the most out of me as well, like, but without them doing anything, they're just doing their own session, and uh, I, I jump in with them, and. Um, it brings me on, like so. Like training, like anyone I train with, like even like lads from the mountains, uh, it's like just local people are have the biggest influence on me because they're the ones that are, are getting me out of my comfort zone and making running. I suppose enjoyable, like the hard stuff enjoyable. Yeah, John, I always think it's kind of it's good to train with someone faster with you anyway because it pushes you on. Yeah, oh, it does. Like, because I like I I wouldn't be able to run. The paces I, I run with the lads. If I just had to think about it on my own and go out, you know, especially on a wet day or whatever, like it's very easy to, to pull the plug on on a hard session. But when 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 you're kind of committed to doing it with someone else, like you're there and uh, you always seem to get the best out of it. Like get the best out of yourself anyway. <laughs> John. It's been an absolute pleasure again. Uh, as I said, you're a very well liked person on the scene, both from a running perspective and your YouTube videos, etc. People love following your journey. So I'd say keep doing what you're doing, keep inspiring people, and you know keep showing up at these races because you're, you're a person that people like to meet. I think. And uh, yeah, hopefully, definitely like. And uh, anyone any questions like no problem ask me like is like I hear. I I actually hear talking to camera. I, I if you see me walking around with a thousand people, that's that's where I want to be. That's my element. Like, and I go over. I'll ask him about vodka. I would walk up to keep talking and ask him, does he want to do shots? I don't, you know, that's, that's where I want to be. I hate sitting down actually talking to camera because. But if someone asks me a question like I'm talking to you guys, I, I just respond naturally and it's easy for me because that that's that's what I want to do. You know, rather than yeah. Rather than sitting down telling people like about doing this and doing that, or, uh, the, I want to be out. I want to be out there. I want to be the fly on the wall with the camera. <laughs> the, the problem is, just like us, there's no going back now. I think you, you're out there and you're known for it, so people are nearly waiting for your weekly videos now at this stage. So yeah, well, actually, I have I have one for tomorrow. I, um, because I was at mile twenty five and I did one about running farm. I have maybe the top first ten runners, and I, I did a kind of a, a frame by frame analysis, so you get to see the best runners. In the some of the best runners at Dublin Martin, the Irish runners anyway. Did you get Brian? Did you, did you get Brian? Please tell me and compare it and compare. I didn't add it. I, 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 it. I went up as far as two thirty-two, and um, I sorry, it was a bit after that. I, I can do it after another day. I, I still have the videos. I can I can go from two thirty-two to to whatever time you want next time if you want. Brian, or, Brian go go take the video. Find Brian's time. Hold on a second. Reverse up the truck. John's video is already out this week and, and he has me in it, so we'll have, oh, to, we'll okay. have to catch right, up. I'll watch that. And I'll I'll watch, I want to see your running yeah. style. I want to see your it was, running it style. Wasn't, it wasn't Come great to. at that mile 25, I could tell it's shuffling. <laughs> if he caught me a few miles earlier, it might have been okay. Actually, a funny, a small little funny story to finish on, maybe. Um, maybe. Gary, Gary Walsh, Gary, that you know Gary. well. 
Yeah. So Gary was very upset last Sunday because he filmed Tyg O'Sullivan running and Tyg didn't acknowledge him at all. But when he, when Tyg saw you, he was jumping around and waving and all excited. So, yeah, you have that influence over people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Tyg asked me, Tyg started talking about points. And uh, funnily enough, I was on, I was drinking zero zeros. And uh, Sean Doyle asked me to drop him down home early on. So I kind of committed to it. Like, and uh, I ended up in Charleville, didn't drink points for the night. So. <laughs> you were better off, I think. If you hung around with us, you would have gone into a lot of trouble. I know. <laughs> yeah, next time, right. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and do Dublin. Actually, Dublin after seeing you guys in action and just, just seeing that finish straight, I think, I think there's a good buzz about Dublin now. It's definitely so. It's definitely a race. I'm gonna go back and do it. It's maybe next year we'll see if I, if I can't get into New York because New York is my slowest major. I think it'd be two thirty eight. I'd love to try bring my time down there, but. It, it's hard to get in there, even with the past time. I tried to register last year with 226. And they, they opened up to like thousands of people and people with half marathon times and people who run in their race. It's very hard to get in, but I think they've changed it down the line. But if I don't get in, I'll do Dublin. I think it's, it's a, and it's good to see all the club, club runners like yourselves and everyone else. There's a, there's a great buzz about, uh, yeah. about Dublin yeah. after it's, the race. Like. It's interesting you say that though, because Dave McCarthy, who paced the elite women, obviously last week dropped us a voice note, as you, some people may have heard, and he also got the buzz and was talking about racing it next year. So it does have that, you know, the whole yeah. marathon feel as well, obviously, like, you know. Oh, it does. No, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a good one. And I don't know, who knows? Why didn't why didn't, why didn't up down Cork as well? There you go. I heard it's very hilly, so that, that might certainly... It's flatter than Dublin, actually. It's flatter than Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> right, John, thanks a million again for your time. It's been great. And uh, again, as I said, we'll catch you on the road somewhere soon, no doubt. Yeah, you'll have to get me one of those hats because anytime I'm walking up to famous people in the races, like I could be, I could be advertising for you here, you know. You could, <laughs> you might get Kip Choi, get someone on the podcast someday for us. Definitely, I, I'll ask him anyway. No <laughs> Excellent. Job done. Thanks, John. It's been a pleasure anyway. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks a minute to John there again. Look, really popular guy in the running scene. As I said, he was up in Dublin last week filming there and encouraging people on. His his videos uh, are exceptional. You know, I saw his latest release. He mentioned it there about checking out people's uh, running styles. It was very good as well. And the one for the previous week that Damon obviously didn't watch when I was on it as well. so yeah, look a really top class guy. I think Brian, I'm too busy yeah. by to be watching You're YouTube videos. Come on, of, of me, of me, come on. All right. <laughs> but I just love the bit about the it just stuck in my head. I was thinking about it since we spoke to a friend, the bit about South Hill and you know, the getting his armbands signed by people that he grew up with that were no longer there and it was incredible. Like, I think mm. he even started to get a bit emotional when he was telling the story it was you know, you don't you don't hear these sides to it, no. I suppose. You know, it's all no, funny games don't. and laughing, but Martin, the, did you enjoy it? Did you? <laughs> 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 Put me Martin, spot, unfortunately, yeah. has been, he hasn't been privy, privy to it yet. Um, but you know, I do think I actually, I, I think it is a very enjoyable interview. Yeah, really I'm, look, I, I'm looking forward to hearing that. I, I've, I've read up a bit about him, and um, he's an inspiring story. In fairness, I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. it. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, again, John has uh, a very, very good uh, channel on YouTube. Uh, check out John Kinsley, Limerick Running or Limerick Runner, I think is the channel um you know as martin said there does he puts up a video of and he mentioned it but 
about how he got into running and seeing himself, you know, overweight, I suppose, and just said he had to do something about it. But look, his videos are class. In fairness, he's a really, really well-liked guy. And I think, again, as he said, he does things a bit different. Um, you know, he pushes himself hard. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to keep watching the journey of where he goes now in Tokyo. Yeah. 100%. Right, lads. That's Big it. show. Busy show. But before we go, we'll briefly go through. What next, what's the next week for you, Brian? So... I'm Irie's bound for West Irie's Cork. I think it's long overdue. Okay, and obviously, hopefully a few miles in between your legs. Martin, what's for you for next week? Yeah, it'll just be nice, easy running. Um, I bought a new pair of runners there up in Kildare Village, so I'll be breaking them in um, and just taking it nice and handy. Well, I've never. Well, I've never. Yeah. You weren't Jesus. meant to say that, Martin. Can we cut that out? No? Where is out, my yeah. heart? I'm telling you. It'd be handy Lads. if you get someone working in, in the shop with the yeah, I know, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, Lads, yeah. For me, my name. You did so well, Martin. You did so well. You left it all on the line there. I'll be looking for a new coach there for the next hour. I'll be editing out all these boys the whole minute. For myself, I will be back on Martin. I'm on the comeback, lads. I'm on the comeback. This is, I think, I think it's about 98, but I actually think it's my 152nd comeback. So this week is no. my week back. Just sign up. You got out a few times this week, Damien, did you know? Uh, I got out with once with Mark and Gary on Saturday. Yeah. Um, look, I wasn't in the best of health at the start of last week. And we, uh, again, look, people might know, but next week, I'm not on the show next week. Brian will be getting someone else because I have a monster final to attend with. Um, Glenmire ladies so we've been very busy with that in the last few days of last few weeks as well so you know look running at the moment I'll get back to it once that is over which hopefully will be near December book a race and get on with it it's yeah I know that, that's how I say that <laughs> right. right thanks everybody thanks everybody who contributed it was a busy show as you said there was a lot of people uh, contributed to this week's show um, we're back next week again hoping to have Lindy Norton as next week's guest I think that would be another big one um, if you don't know much about Lindy start checking out over the coming week you'll find out a lot about her so until that we'll see you all again soon take care and we'll talk to you on the road somewhere soon cheers good night take care bye bye